Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down and take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. I am Shane. I'm sitting here with Pastor James. Pastor, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, Shane. Man, that is so good to hear. That it is, is good. So good to hear. It is good. Drinking that, uh, that uh, really, what, what flavor is that of Gatorade over there? Uh, Glacier Cherry. I'm going to be honest. I don't see a lot of people drinking those. They're good. I, I believe you, for sure. Gatorade Zero. Staying hydrated. Man. I just, I'm more of a blue. I don't even blue glacier blue or something. I don't know. Something with glacier, glacier freeze. That's it. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I'm not much it is of a the, good one. I, yeah, I don't see. I mean, that's like the the coconut colored is what I would call that because it's yeah. kind of clear. But it's cherry. It's not. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd get a coconut one. I, I figured. I do like coconut flavor, but yeah. I don't understand people that like coconut. I don't. I don't dislike you, but not a coconut guy. Yeah. To each his own. To each his own. Man, did you have a good Memorial Day? Yes, yeah, pretty good. We grilled some burgers and Man. swam. Uh, went over to Kirsten's parents' house and just hung out. And that's all we did, just man. Lived life, huh? Just lived life, and man, I saw some videos of of your your beautiful children. Uh, there's one that Kirsten put up, Piper sliding down like a slip and slide. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted to message her and be like, hey, can we see James do this? <laughs> like, was there a possible way? But you were being dad of the year in the pool, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was trying to make sure Chapel didn't drown in the hey, pool. So Might have been better. Yeah. <laughs> might, have, might have been a better place for you to be. Because he was not one to wear his, they called it like a puddle jumper. Yeah. Um, like a floaty type thing. So, But he's learned how to swim. So I said I better keep a good close eye on him. I saw one video where he jumped in, swam under the water, and like when he popped up, he like pulled him to you. I was like, "Man, what a beautiful picture that is!" Just come here, son. <laughs> come here, I will save you. <laughs> yep. Try not to drown. Well, man, jumping into some questions um, from this week. Uh, before we start, I just want to say this: I'm a huge basketball guy. I love basketball. It's one of my favorite things to watch. I play basketball from an early age. I'm a big Spurs fan. Um, uh, because the Spurs, I think, play traditional basketball. Um, if you don't keep up with basketball today, one of the things that they do in basketball is they play a lot of isolation ball, better known as iso ball. Um, Dylan's not here with us today. I wish he was because, man, he could riff on this too because he's a big traditional basketball guy like I am. So one of the things they do with iso ball is just basically clear out of the way. Your superstar is going to take it to the hole. It's going to be whatever. Um, I like the Spurs because I think the Spurs play some older basketball. Because they don't do – they don't do that. Not a lot they don't of have like a one superstar. I mean, DeMar DeRozan plays for him, and he's really good. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. But it's not like. They don't have like LeBron. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They don't have like four or five big names. Like yeah. they struggle to get talent. But neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway, I love them because they play old school basketball, man. Like they'll come down the floor, set up a play, run it. There's usually five to seven passes before a shot gets taken. And so, like, I love it. It is the epitome of what I think basketball should be now one of the hard things is i will get in arguments with people who are like no but like iso ball is more fun to watch like going down and setting up plays and so like i will get on a corner and just dig my heels in and and find this hill to die on and be like no we're we're gonna talk if we want to talk about this we can uh and, and i think it's hard to approach me when it comes to basketball i know that i don't talk to a lot of people about basketball anymore because I hold so much of that adage of like, it has to stay this way. 
basketball being good has to be like this. Iso ball is whatever. Basketball that's good is this. I think that we see that in the church sometimes too, that that some people will say, and, and I've been guilty of it as well, that if it's not this way, it's not right. Right. Um, and so how do we interact with people like that? And Because I think the, the way that people interact with me when it comes to basketball is like, we're just not going to talk Shane about it. I don't think that can work in the church personally, but what are some of your thoughts? How can we interact with people who, who can say, or may say things like, no, it has to be this way, and if it's not, it doesn't work? Well, I think like what you brought up about basketball, I think we all in some way can be traditionalist in certain things. You know, we all have certain ways, probably either we grew up doing it this way or whatever. And I would just say this, like, I don't I don't think I mentioned it in my sermon Sunday, but like I think the people that are most in danger of this in the church are people that have grown up in the church their whole life. You know, if you if you've just recently come to know Jesus in a bar, you, like you have no, you're not, you're, you, you have no preconceived notion of what you think church or the way it should operate you have no you have nothing to pull from but I think the people that are most in danger are are like for us that have grown up in our church our whole life that's not a bad thing but I think you can get in a mindset of like oh well this is the only way you can do that and so like I was thinking when you were saying that I was pulling up this verse in Philippians 2 um and I think this is why when it comes to tradition and stuff that you know, let's say basketball. That that's fine. I mean, you know, it's fun, all fun and game. Of course, I guess if it ends up making us angry at each other, that's probably not a good thing. But like from a Christian standpoint within the church, I was thinking of it says in Philippians two. Of course, it's the idea of humility. But in verse three, it says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each you not look to his own interest, but the interest of others." And so it's like you know, and then have this mind which is yours in Christ Jesus. And so. I think there's got to be a level of that and a level of like probably we were talking our home group about it is I think when we and we all can be this way in some aspects of church but I think it's like all right when we interact with somebody that's very just like I'm not moving my feet on this thing is realizing that I think generally most people within the church aren't coming at it with like this ill intent of like I want to destroy everything. Yeah. I can only do my way. Now, there are people that come to cause division. There are people that probably have wrong motives. So I mean that 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 can happen. But I think it's like understand like all right, people they're not evil. They're not they're not uh, you know, trying to ruin everything, you know, and they probably just and so I I, I think we interact with them by you know, loving them, listening, listening well, you yeah. know, being empathetic, hearing, you know, listening, let each other, you know, hear from where we're going, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think we can't um, – we can't just hold our opinion and our, you know, where it begins to divide. I think yeah. that's where it gets dangerous is when it begins to cause division or Absolutely. people begin to, oh, hey, come on my side. You know, it's like, well, that's, I don't think that's – that's that's you know ever good. I think to, for me, you, you were talking about it Sunday about how you know if if something doesn't meet this certain thing, then it can't happen. Obviously, what this question centered around. I'm a guitar player first before anything, uh, before uh, starting to sing or anything like that. I just love playing guitar, um, and I know a day is going to come where a guitar is not a primary instrument in the church. I know that day's coming, and I mean it may be 30 years from now. And I've thought, me and Michael Carr actually have had a lot of conversations about this. Like, are we going to be like the 60 and 70 year old guys who are like, bring the guitars back and we got to do this and all these kind of things? Because there's, I mean, even in the last 10 years in the worship scene, there's been a shift of like, hey, a lot of the guitar parts are going to now be played by like 
pianos and synthesizers and things like that and like guitar people like me are like whoa, whoa, whoa what are we supposed to do now <laughs> like yeah. how does this work and so uh, i think in the same way like you were talking about it sunday is like how much of this has become a, a, a traditional mindset of like well if it's not this like what do these people even do how does this even work and so i think well that, i think we're all tempted to be tradi- like and i mean it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether you're i mean all of us that there will be a tendency that we'll find something that we're like, all right, well, it has to remain this same way, mm-hmm. you know. And I was thinking about this, like, I don't know, you tell me what you think about it, but, like, I was thinking Sunday, like, and I think this, the, the lines are kind of blurry in this, is that, and we talked about, I guess, with the Pharisees, is how they can spiritualize things and make things sound super spiritual. And that you're, you know, I mean, let's think about, I mean, they were making a case for honoring God. They thought by what they were doing, they were honoring God. Yeah. But yet, when you really pick it apart, you're like, oh, well, all you were trying to do is just preserve your tradition. You were just trying to pre- preserve your um, your really self-interest, your self-preference. Like, that's yeah. all you were doing, but yet you were – I mean, have you seen that? I mean, do you – Absolutely. I think I think that becomes like a, a kind of a trump card in a way because if I've just come up and say, like, here's how I feel about this and here's why it doesn't need to change – I think there can be a dialogue and discussion there, but if you start like, especially throwing scripture in or like, well, in the church, this is what I've seen. Like it's hard for somebody to come and be like, yeah, but what about this? And especially if you're throwing a lot of scripture, I've I've seen that a ton where like someone will just start quoting scripture, quoting scripture, quoting scripture. And it's like, well, obviously they know a lot more about this than I do. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're right. I don't know. I think it's, it's a quick defense mechanism. Um, one, to not have to talk about it, and two, to be like, and, and here's why the spiritual implications of all of these things are so much more than you even thought about. Right. What about you? Well, I think that's the thing that I was thinking about is like when, you know, we, we talked a lot about grumbling, complaining, being overly critical of things. Yeah. And so we can do that. And sometimes it can be a good thing of like, we're like, all right, well, we need to talk through this because it's not biblical, you know. Um, but a lot of times, you know, really, I was thinking about it in my own self and then just in general is that a lot of times it's more grounded in what I've always done, how it's always done. We've always done it this way. I like, I just like it this way, you know? Um, and so I think one of the ways, you know, like we were saying that, like, I think we do use the Bible because let's say the example they talked about at Tuesday school is like, you know, chewing gum, you know, you can't chew gum. It's like, well, that that's an easy one because it's like you bring up scripture and you're like, okay, but where define for me yeah. in scripture where it says you can't chew gum? Well, it doesn't. So, I mean, now, I understand that's probably made with a good thing is because they were like, well, we don't want people chewing gum because they may stick it under the pews or, you know, so like I get that there's probably a reason or like why people are like, oh, well, you can't bring an open container, you know, of, of a drink in a, in, because we want to keep our place nice. We don't want yeah. things spilled. I get that, but you can't be so dogmatic about it because it's not a biblical issue. Absolutely. You know? But there are some things where you can twist things to make them seem like a biblical issue when they're really not. So yeah. I think that's where we got to check our motive and, and, and just be honest about things of like that's not a biblical like it may start out sounding that way but like sometimes you can begin to get to the point of like oh you're just wanting it this way or i'm just wanting it this way and it's yeah. really has nothing to do with the bible so i think we got to be careful you know well i that. mean even going into to sunday friday where me you and dylan were up here hanging out and just kind of joking around and you you were telling us like hey here's what here's where the directions go on sunday and just kind of oh, yeah. offhandedly, I was like, "Hey, man, I'll wear a hat on Sunday to to kind of drive this point." And you're like, "Let's let's not do that." <laughs> like, I think there's better ways to do this. We already talked through a lot of things. <laughs> we don't want to add something else. But it's the same thing, like yeah. a hat, or you know, uh, like I was thinking about this. You know, and, and I um, 
like removing your hat when you pray. Yeah. You know, and you really think about that. You're like, okay, where in Scripture does it say? Now, we understand we're to be reverent yeah. before the Lord when we come to pray. But I think there's a, something in our culture that it's like, oh, when you're doing, you take your hat off as a sign of that. And they're like, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm not against that. But when you really start to think about it, you're like, well, that, I mean, you don't have to remove your hat. Because yeah. really, your prayer's not about what you outwardly, it's really about reverence of your heart. You know what I mean? And so it's things like that where you're like, and so now, I don't know whether I'm doing it to just not go along with it, but usually when I pray, if I have a hat on, I just leave my hat on. I was actually going to just kind of piggyback off of this. Do you think that there's a tendency on the other side of that tradition where someone can, because I, I mean, I was a student pastor for a little while and uh, that was one of the things I was like, Hey guys, you know, I, I, the hat issue came yeah. up. Somebody, one of the kids had asked about it and we were talking on a Wednesday night and I was like, look, man, like there's nothing in scripture that says you can't. And so like, Literally that next Sunday, there was like a lot of the guys that came in with their hats on. And they were like, Shane said we could do it. It's fine. Shane said it's perfectly fine. And then in different settings, like someone went to uh, Franklin Academy, it's a Christian school. They had like a prayer time, a lot of them with their hats on. And then it came back to like, well, Shane said it was fine. So we're, you know, it, it's just a tradition that, that it's not even rooted in scripture and all these kind of things. And so like they kind of got haughty with it of yeah. like, you think you're all, all these things. So do you think – I don't know. Do you want to speak to that side of it? Of like, yeah, I mean, maybe don't be, be a just, turd about it. <laughs> yeah, you can just be just as sinful. Or I think you know, and this is the the thing that we have to uh, think through is um, of not in any level being prideful and thinking that our way is the best. You know, and it's probably yeah. being courteous to other people. You know, in that, and so not thinking like, oh well, and it's probably I guess a tendency to think, oh well, you know. I probably my hat on now, so I'm enlightened, and yeah. you know you're not, and you're still, you know, whatever, and so that's probably not a good way to, to you know, so I, that's it's probably a tendency on either way to think like, oh, my way's better, your way's not, you know, and so I think a, a dangerous in guarding of like, all right, let's let's not pick sides. It's not saying one's better than the other. It's just saying that it doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah, and so, um, you know, because I I was thinking about this, like I I I feel this way, um. You know, let's say we've gotten more casual on Sunday, and so like I, I haven't worn. I'm trying to think. Last time I worn a suit. Well, I wore a suit for like I wear them for like funerals and stuff. But I'm trying to think. Last time I've preached in a suit. So I've almost kind of swung the opposite way in that. But then I like I remember for Easter I saw who was it? Maybe it was Chandler. Because they're 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 about the same kind of dress or whatever, yeah. and he wore like a full suit, everything, and I was like, that's so weird. Like, why is he doing that? You know what I mean? But I'm like, well, I mean, what does it matter if he's wearing a suit? You know, or what if one Sunday I choose to wear a suit? I know it'll seem kind of weird if I just all of a sudden wear a suit, but you know, like neither's wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's just like it doesn't matter. Absolutely, either way, you know. Yeah. Um, man, one of the things we talked about Sunday was um, the mission. One of the your, one of your points of application was prioritizing the mission over the method. Why did all of that come up? You you went into our our mission statement, our core values. Why did all of that make its way into the sermon? Well, I think you know we do it. I guess once every year, usually we do like a vision kind of. I call it a vision more of like I guess a mission series of just reminding us what our mission is. What do we do? Because I think that's what maybe can help us guard against prioritizing tradition or certain things or arguing or grumbling about certain things of just saying, hey, at the end of the day, this is the only thing that really matters. And so it doesn't really matter 
you know, as we said, you know, is we prioritize the mission, not the method. And so method can change, you know, and the way we go about doing what our mission is, it's going to look different. I gave the example, you know, there are churches that are in rural communities, and the way that they do things probably looks very different than a church that exists in the city looks. I mean, just neither are wrong. It just they look different because the context. Yeah. And so it, it's the same thing, I think, for us just to remember, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of it doesn't really matter, you know, yeah. and we're not saying it's not valid or people's reasons aren't valid. It's just saying that, like, at the end of the day, it's not worth getting upset over, angry over, being overly critical of, being divisive over, like, that. it doesn't matter. You know, as long as we're about the mission, our method, you know, can change. And we, we talked about it in Tuesday School last week. We were talking about, like, um, somebody brought up the, the case of, like, going to visit people, you know, and I brought it up, and then some of the uh, some of the other older ladies brought up, which was good. They were like, "Well, nowadays, like you can't just go knock on somebody's house." Like, and I'm not yeah. saying that's wrong, but like, because I brought up, I was like, you know, if Kirsten's like at home with the kids, and some just random person goes knock, like she's not going to answer the door. Yeah, you know, and and that's what one of the ladies was like. Look, if somebody comes and knocks on my door right now, like I'm not going to answer. And so we were like, you know, that what used to be happened in the church of like, you know, at this certain time you go walk around, you'd knock on doors, you'd you know, call it visitation or whatever. That's not wrong. It's just now in culture today, that's not, that's not culture acceptable, but this like most people aren't going to yeah. answer the door. And so that's probably not the most effective way to do that anymore, you know? And so anyway, so things like that, it's like, things more things change the heart should always stay the same the mission but you know the way we go about it you know absolutely so like for us our mission is we exist that all may know christ that all people may know christ um and and then our core values love jesus growing community make disciples how does all that work together like does it all work together because i think that's something too sometimes like Obviously, with us being on church staff, we'll see other churches like mission statement and core values. And it's like that looks really good. That's that's a good way to say that. But I don't know the culture of their church, so I don't know how that all flushes out. So for us here at First Row, you know, we exist that all people may know Christ, Jesus, may all people may know Christ, and then our core values: loving Jesus, growing community, make disciples. How does all that work together? Well, I mean, for me, uh, you know, of course, we did our series in steadfast, and a lot of it's really a lot of it's kind of similar to what it's always kind of been, but. For me, I guess I always want our mission and our core values to be things that are biblical, and so it's things that will are timeless, things that will always stay the same. It doesn't matter what our culture is. It doesn't matter where we are located. Like, none of that matters. It doesn't matter what generation we're in. Like, like none of that matters because these things will always stay the same. And so for me, that, that helps me drive us as a church is like, all right, we want our mission and our core values to, like, these are things that the church is supposed to be always um, until Jesus comes back and we're with him forever. But so, I, you know, I think you can, and we'll do it actually in August. I think we're going to do like a, a vision series and walk through all this. But there's tons of scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, that points to like the reason why God formed his people was so that more people would come to know him. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's, and there's so many statements that actually says it this exact way, like, so that all people may know. Like, and so it's this, this whole tag of like, this is, why we exist, we exist so that all people will come to know Jesus, you know. And if we're not about that, then, well, we're, we're, that's not good. And so, you know, so that's that. And then, you know, these core different values of, you know, I was just thinking through of like, and really a lot of it, of course, we see these things biblically, but also thinking through, all right, if you think of through every single person who's a follower of Jesus, if they're loving Jesus above everything else in their life, 
if they are people that are growing in community. That could be like large group, small group. They're like living life with other believers, and they're also people that are making disciples, whether that's evangelizing people that don't know Jesus slash equipping people that do know Jesus and helping them more. Like if you think of like a person that is doing all three of those things, I mean, you're like, I mean, you're doing it. I mean, yeah. that's it. I mean, you know, and so I think that's a lot and of people like people will see it. Yeah. Like and, unbelievers and, will see it. And yeah. more people will come to know Jesus. Exactly. And so it's like, it's a big circle. It's a big circle, you know? And so that's what I was saying of like, if, if you could get everybody, myself, everyone, if like, if we can embody these three things, you know, um, really, uh, to me, uh, it starts with the first one. I mean, if you love Jesus above everything else, I think all these other things just kind of fall into place. But, you know, it's like these are things that we – and, I mean, if you think about Jesus, was he when we were source Peter? You know, that's the first thing he asked him, like, do you love me? You know, it's first – you know, was it the yeah. church of – was it Ephesus that we looked at? You know, where he says you've forgotten your first yeah. love. You know, and it's like this is his main concern is our affection. So, Absolutely. Well, man uh... – Getting to know you better, and we're really getting to know all of us better here on the podcast. Um, one of the things we're hoping to do, um, Dylan is at New York Life today, uh, just plugging away because yesterday was Memorial Day. So um, one of the things we're hoping to do is pull him on, and and this last question again, know your pastor portion of the podcast. Pastors. Pastors. Now, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of open it up to let everybody answer. Um, so, man, do you consider yourself more of an introvert? Or an extrovert? I don't know if this is in the right answer. I would say both. You're an introverted extrovert. Yeah, like I, because I, I kind of go back and forth. Like, usually if I get shy in settings, is if I go into a setting where there's a bunch of people and I don't know anybody. Well, I'll, hold on, I'll say this. If I don't know anybody at all, then I can be super extroverted and I'll go up and introduce myself and we'll talk and all that kind of stuff. But if I guess if I vaguely know people, but it's a big group of people that I only vaguely know, but I kind of know, I'm, I'll tend to be more quiet. Really? Um, See, for me, I am. I feel like I'm an extrovert. I feel like Chad McClurg said a few years ago, really, y'all were doing a panel and Shane can make friends of the wall, which is true. I just like people. People are fun. Um but for me, like if I'm comfortable with a group of people I'm on, I will swing at every joke that I can and I will miss and miss and miss and finally hit one and, and it'll be funny. But like I'm, I, I love it. But if I'm in a big group of people, like like the first time me and Kelly, once we were getting to know each other and everything, she'd seen me at cross camp and I was kind of everywhere running around, all this kind of stuff. It was kind of in my element, whatever you want to call it. Then we got around like her family of people. I had no idea who these people are, and I was quiet and all this. She was like, "Hey, are you is something wrong? Are you okay?" And so, like, I'm the exact opposite, man. Like, if I'm in a big group of people, I will like, no, nah, I'm shutting down. I, I feel weird. So that's well, I guess it's because uh, I was thinking about like, all right, if I don't know anybody, like, I mean, I think I just go and I can, I'll just talk. I mean, that's fine, you know, somewhat. It's. It, it, now, if it's a bunch of people that I really know, like, I'll do that. But it's if I vaguely know them. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a – I don't know. Anyway, like, I'll – but there's sometimes – I mean, there's sometimes I can be more – I just want to just not say anything. Yeah. I just want to be to myself. Makes sense. But I also love being around – but, like, Kirsten, know this. Like, um, like I love being around people, like, all the time. Like, and growing up, even, like – I always wanted kids like my friends to spend the night at my house. Like yeah. I always want to go to their house. Like I like I always wanted just like 
sometimes I have a hard time of stopping. Like I'll go do something every night of the week, yeah. you know, with people. But so in that way, I want to just always go. But then I guess there are other times where it's like I just don't want to say anything to anybody. Yeah. So maybe a mixture. You're just you're just good in the middle, in the Bedouin. Yeah, man, that I makes guess sense. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm usually like, if I know you, I'm good. If I don't, like, I'm super quiet. And it's it's thrown people off before. It's because it's 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 weird. Like, there was one night I went to the BCM, hung out on a Monday night, and Chad was like, "Why aren't you talking to people?" And I was like, "I don't know these people." He was like, "That's how it starts. <laughs> so you should probably go talk to people." I was like, "Yeah, but I'm scared." He's like, these are college kids, man. Go talk to them. What do you remember, like, when we were at the BC in that time? Remember how it was, like, it was all the fraternity guys? They were just all just standing there. Yeah. So, I, I didn't mind just going up and just, like, striking up conversation with that, that group. I had no clue. If they think I'm weird, it doesn't matter. No harm, no foul. <laughs> I don't know them. They don't know me. You know what I mean? So, it's like, in yeah. that case, I don't – I guess I feel a little more, like, yeah, I just jump in. If I sound, like, you know, weird or goofy or something, then yeah. whatever. But if I vaguely know them, they vaguely know me. I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I've had to force myself to get to that point to like, I, me and Dylan were in Matt's music a few months ago, and there was a guy that walked in, and I was I was playing a guitar. He was like, you ain't got to stop on my behalf, and we just started talking about guitars. And Dylan was like, how do you do that? I was like, I don't, I don't know. It just kind of happened. It doesn't happen a lot, but it just kind of happened because I had a guitar in my hands. I guess I don't know. But I feel you, man. I feel you. A little bit of both. A little bit of both at times. Well, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions and talking through some stuff. And thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.